Ladies and gentlemen, you know what it is. It's Real Late Hot 97. My name is Peter Rosenberg. Carson, California's finest TD Zone. TDE's own reason uh, with me today. Um, how are you, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, it's weird times, but uh, I'm excited this week. It's been a long time coming. It is weird times. Um, I guess it's and and it's interesting for you because this has been like the the sort of I guess the timeline you've probably been on for a minute, but you didn't realize the place the world would be in when you got to this point. So is that what the plan had been? Because you've been leaking records for a minute. So take me through the process for this album, which comes out Friday, um, in relation to COVID and everything that's been happening in the state of the world. Uh, yeah, no, you're 100% right. Um, we were supposed to uh, we, we were supposed to drop New Beginnings uh, sometimes last year. And uh, Top is just a huge critic of the music, so he didn't feel like the music was all the way where it should be. So we kind of went back in. And it was originally only supposed to be like six or seven songs um, and we were supposed to drop in March and then COVID hit. And when COVID hit, you know, we didn't really know what was going to go on. We didn't, we weren't sure if it was just going to be like a temporary thing or what was going to happen. And then, you know, lo and behold, we're still here. Um, So, you know, so we felt like, you know, might as well go. It's as good as any time as any. And, um, uh, you know, ended up extending it to about 14 records. So uh, definitely not ideal for what we wanted. But I mean, the most important thing is the music. So that's what we're trying to get out to people. What can you um, before we get into your your TDE story um, and the working relationship with Top Dog, etc. What can you tell people about Carson and about uh, where you're at exactly? Because generally when it comes to Southern Central California, I mean, for a lot of people consuming hip-hop who aren't from the area, spend a lot of time there, they know about L.A., they may know about the Bay, any place else um, that's just outside of those places completely confuses people. So tell us a little bit about your upbringing. I know you were a serious baller, uh, but take me through your, your life coming up and what Carson's like. Uh, Car- Carson is proud. Like I feel like anybody from Carson is is very proud to be from Carson, but it's a smaller city in comparison to um, name wise, in comparison to the Inglewoods, you know, the Long Beach, the Comptons. Um, but that's what ultimately the goal is. Like somebody had to make those places, quote unquote, cool or whatever the case may be. You know what I mean to speak about. Um, but I was born in South Central. I was there for like the first seven years of my life. Um, it was a lot going on uh, then in the '90s, and so. Ultimately, my mom felt like it was in the best interest to move us out and get us somewhere else. And that's why I'm so proud of Carson is because Carson is, it gave me a shot to me, like all my homies and my cousins and stuff like that that stayed in South Central. um, You know, I don't feel like they were dealt a fair hand as far as, you know, growing up and being able to get uh, the same opportunity. So I'm proud to be from there because I feel like it gave me a shot. It gave me an opportunity to be able to, you know, know something else. It's not the safest place, but definitely a lot safer than where I was growing up at. It's interesting, too, though, because it's, what, just south of Compton? And so, like, it's literally blocks away. And yet one place has this, like... Two minutes away from Compton. I tell people that all the time. Like, I used to walk for, like, seven minutes and be in Compton. Yeah, so one place one place is a neighborhood that is, like, uh, has such a reputation and so much, um, you know, in a weird way when it comes to hip-hop. I mean, Compton has such gravitas. You know, and then you're from Carson, which is literally like a block over. And it's it's almost like, the, you know, you're you're starting something completely from scratch when really it's you're seconds away. No, a thousand percent, a thousand. And, that, and it's funny how it works like that, because even the division sometimes feels like that. Like and I, I try to challenge artists over here, like, you know, like 
rock with people from you know the cities that are right next to you it's like we're all literally from the exact same place like uh you know if, if shit started in carson i mean in compton it could easily trickle over to to uh if it started in Compton, it could easily trickle over to carson because of how close it is so it's like you know we're all going through the same struggles and temptations and everything so one thing that stood out uh when i was reading up on you um and I, I, particularly because stylistically he doesn't sound close to you, in my naive opinion, is that your first favorite rapper was Fab. Uh, and, and when you hear your style, your sort of your voice quality slash also your style, you know, you don't have a similar pocket, seemingly anything like that to, to Fab. What was it about Fab? Was it just like when he was hot, super hot in relation to your life? But what was it about Fabulous that kind of spoke to you as a kid? Uh, to me, he was the first rapper I heard with punchlines. Like him and Ludacris, for me, were the first rappers that were like, in my opinion, like doing heavy punchline rap, even on, you know, singles or whatever the case may be. And I've always been super uh, interested and I used to gravitate to artists that would do wordplay and punchlines and similes and stuff like that. So that's really what it was. And um, uh, it's funny because I agree with you. I don't, you know, stylistically sound like him at all. But I did keep that part from him where, you know, regardless of what I'm, you know, doing, I, I'm still trying to be clever with wordplay and punchlines and, and you know, be known for that, if anything, when it's all said and done. Let's play a couple of joints from Reason right now. I definitely want to play Sauce with Vince Staples um, and play a couple of joints off the album. New Beginnings is here. Reason is here. Uh, Carson, California is in the building. It's real late. Hot 97. Never had to warn me I was ready, ready With the 
protected We left corrections all uncorrected Snuck the effing in undetected I might slip, I don't fall if I slip I might crawl, I just drip I got sauce, I just drip I got sauce, if she dip Lost, I don't trip I'm a boss, I might slip I don't fall, I just drip I got sauce Make the lonely dark times feel bright. Yeah. I can make the, I can make your soul feel great. Okay. I can make look, I can make it, I can make it, uh, I can make what well, uh, I love. I can make your lows feel good. Yeah. I can make with no wrongs feel hood. Uh-huh. I can make look, I can make feel. Uh. Yeah. I can make it, I can make it. Look, what? I can make it. What? I can look, well, look. look. I done made my struggles feel rich. Yeah. I done made my homies with no money turn Mitch. Yeah. I done took my hand with no cards, go fish. Yeah. Pulled a couple, shuffled up, then doubled up. Yeah. See, your hustle been all out of pocket. We've been trending, no topic. A pro that's fit for anything. Put that together, I profit. I profit dealing with some kings, and so now they calling me profit. Been on auto with this power, took that power and rock it. My dreams been headed out the soul system. It's gold. In it. Now my crib look like jerseys It's holes in it We been headed down them roads with it And so winning Why your dreams ain't got no skulls in it You goaltending I can see it in your spirit See it in your spirit Told too many paralyzed Then wonder why they don't feel it See these lyrics filled with real Yo shit filled with gimmicks You don't live that you speaking Nah, nah, nah Look you look in my sweat You got blood Bubbling I got suds See I done came up out mud Cleaner than the whistle Reason dripping little drizzle No talk man just walk Man's look, this shit so extinct. My new girl so petite. My ex was thicker than that pressure she was putting on me. Very few that showing skill, they've been looking for me, right? We look no further, we done birthed it. Built from ashes, that's ironic, cause we earned it. Church, I can make your wrongs feel right. I can make them lonely dark times feel bright. I can make I can make your soul feel great. I can make look, I can make it. I can make it, I can make what I love. I can make your lows feel good. I can make with no wrongs feel hood. I can make look, I can make feel good. I can make it, I can make it. Look, I can make it. I can look, look, look. I can make it dance I'd rather show my through all these bars and get a band And band together with two got triggers for the clan I'm from the south, I know that guns don't make you any more man But damn Protect the fam I can make ten dollars turn into ten thousand grand I can make ten thousand hours turn into two spans And generations, reparations, they should give us more than land Damn, damn, yeah Get your man, get your man. I can make that winner feel like summers in Iran. Loyalty is everything to everyone that stand with you. Ownership, financial freedom, what can plan? Get your women ditching, cause you never acting like a man with her. She's still bitter, looking for a prince that got a heel that fit her. I can make you understand the inner workings of a spitter that let off like Tommy Boy, no heel figure, heel figure. It out eventually, I'm steps ahead mentally. I can make you hate the butterfly and love the centipede. Find the beauty in the struggle that. Been a breeze. I can make you see that good hair look just like them BDBs. We can make it. We can make it. ATVs on four wheel. I might get off course, but at least I ain't on the Porsche still. I can make it. I can make it. No matter the ordeal, in the ordeal, I'm a goat. I can make your wrongs feel right. I can make them lonely dark times feel bright. I can make I can make your soul feel great. I can make look. I can make it. I can make it. I can make what I love. I can make your lows feel good. I can make with 
no wrongs feel hood uh-huh. I can make, look, I can make feel uh. yeah. I can make it, I can make it Look, I can make it, I can look, look Yeah, as we continue on with Reason um, on Real Late Now listen, uh, full disclosure I, I wanted to, like, you know, learn more about you so I was like, let me do some research, watch some interviews. And um, I, I tried my best to power through all of Joe Budden's talking to get to some of your actual talking. Um, and I found some of it. It took some time. But I, I know this about Joe. So it was a process. But tell me about that uh, about that experience for you getting to talk with Joe, who in, in the, on the episode that you're on of the Joe Budden podcast, he basically says he doesn't want to talk. He goes through basically saying he hates every single rapper, doesn't want to talk to rappers. And then follows it up by being like, but I want to talk to you. So tell me about, A, what that meant to you, and B, you know, how the conversation went and the feedback you got after it. Yeah, nah, it was actually dope. Uh, I actually pulled up, I was on a press run for my last project, uh, There You Have It. And um, we were literally, my plane was leaving at like 8 or something like that. And um, I had already tapped in with Joe and Rory and Ma just because they had played some of my stuff on the podcast and, and just gave me a lot of love. So... I'm just real big on if I'm in your city and you show me love, like I'm gonna pull up and show love back. So I, you know, I pulled up, I had a couple bottles and just really was just coming in to, to say what's up. And uh, the first, it's funny because the first thing Joe said to me when I walked in was, reason you're not gonna be on the podcast. I'm like, bro, I'm not here to be on the podcast. Like I just want to show love. And we started arguing because that's what Joe likes to do is argue. And uh, we started arguing about like the industry and getting into the industry and different things like that. And he was just like, get reason a microphone we're gonna put him on the pocket and that's literally how it happened so i actually feel like I, I know he was genuine when he said he doesn't like to talk to rappers and stuff like that you know what i mean but um it was dope though and and i appreciate joe because he's always honest with me um, with everything that he hears he always gives me honest feedback with however he feels about everything so anybody that can be honest with me i appreciate him. one one point that i thought was interesting the part that i watched was maul was saying that um you know the game is di- so different, and at your stage where you're at, someone back in the day, after only a few years rapping, wouldn't um, necessarily be on a platform so big. And like in one in one breath, I agree with that. Like I I, I definitely think the barrier to entry is obviously much lower than it used to be. But at the same time, I mean, Maul's also young. Like you could be in the game a few years back in the day. And, and your labels back then would get you a radio run. Now, granted, it didn't have this national audience that we're aware of like we are now. But guess what? Local radio meant more back then. So showing up to a town, and if you go to D.C., and they put you on, you know, WKYS at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, that's, that's a big deal. So, like, I, I say all of that to say, yes, you do have more reach faster, but... You're also competing with so many different people, and also you're not getting some of the other looks that used to have a bigger impact. Like, even this show right now, I can say this honestly about my own show. It's great that you're doing my show. The level to that this that this look would have been in 1996 is totally different than the look it is right now. Yeah, now that's a fact, and that's what I was trying to tell Maul is that you know, just like exactly what you said, the entry is much quicker or easier, but at the same time, you can, you plateau way faster and it's hard to break through that barrier because like you said, like there, there, it doesn't mean as much. Like I've been on the radio here in LA and you know, I'm thankful to the DJs that put me on the radio, but at the same time, 
it just doesn't mean as much as it did back in the day. You know what I mean? Back in the day. And what I told Ma was, yeah, it would be a lot harder to reach the level that I'm at now. But if you're nice back in the day, like you're out of here. You know what I mean? Like, so I feel like, you know, I, I'm a confident person. I feel like the talent that I have, if I was at this level back in the day, you know, it would be a year and I would be, in my opinion, one of the household names, you know what I mean? But that's not necessarily the case. You have so many talented dudes. Um, um, I always use uh, uh, my homie Boogie as an example. He's one of the most dopest artists that I know. Shout out to him. Yep. And, and it's still, you know what I mean? It's still a process. You know what I mean? He's building, he's done incredible things. Um, but, you know, we're all going through that same process, same fight, trying to garner attention because that's the most important thing nowadays. That, well, that must be weird for you, too. So you've been now with TDE for a little while um, and and you likened it, you know, to, to, to being signed by the Lakers, like and, and with good reason. Um, but at the same time, you know, there, there aren't tears to the Lakers. I mean, I guess there's tears of playing time, but you're all like being exposed in the same way. You, you're on with TDE, but as I'm sure you could attest to, the experience you have in life right now is not the same as Schoolboy Q or Kendrick Lamar. You're you're still earning stripes. So what what is that like? Has there been an adjustment, you know, from like you sign and all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, my dreams are all coming true in one second. And it really was more like setting the table for your dreams to come true, but it doesn't mean that everything's going to click instantaneously. Exactly. And I feel like that was like the biggest hurdle for me is that I thought, you know, I was like, oh, I signed a TDE. Like we made it like this is it. You know what I mean? And then and I know the people around you felt that way for sure. Yeah, no, a thousand percent. I mean, I felt that way. You know what I mean? I even went through, you know, the whole thing of like, you know, I need to change my number now. I need to do this. I need to do this. Block my stuff out from the outside distractions. And it's like, you know, yeah, you're here. You know what I mean? And people acknowledge that. And congratulations is great. But you still you still have to get past the where's Kendrick, where's where's uh, Q, where's Rock, where's Zay, you know what I mean? And you have to literally fight for every piece of attention, you know what I mean? So it's almost like when you sign with TD, you get 20,000 fans that automatically know who you are, but you still have to make them care, if that makes sense. Yep. And that's a constant, constant fight. Um, and it's been why I've been so adamant, you know what I mean, about even when I wasn't dropping, I was so adamant to top, like, we gotta keep putting out records. We got like, I can't disappear like these other guys that have earned the luxury to dip off for three years. Like, I can't do it. You have to have um, learned some sage things, I would guess, from J-Rock. Um, I know you guys went on tour together and, you know, J-Rock is the, the, the backbone of this whole thing. It's where, he's where it all started. And he's also had to play background, too. Like, he's had to do everything. And then he finally, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, gets a monster win with his album, no pun intended, on the single. Um, and he finally really steps out in the forefront for a minute. But did, did he give you some sage advice? Because his experience has been quite unique. Yeah, no, a thousand percent. And that's what the biggest thing that Rock has taught me. And uh, he's actually somebody that I run to when I, when I do feel certain ways. You know what I mean? I call him because he he truly knows the importance of patience like you said this is the guy that kicked it all off he had a, a record with wayne i remember as a kid them driving j-rock's van through the neighborhood uh because what people don't know is uh, uh the top dog corporate like house where it started is in carson so i grew up down the street from that and so they used to drive the the van um uh you know throughout the neighborhood and play uh, my life with him and wayne and so this is the guy that kicked it off you know uh dot was doing background ad libs for him um and you know he had that uh, unfortunate accident and everything had to be put on hold so if anybody knows the the true meaning of patience and waiting for your time it's rocking so i try to lean on him as much as possible um just when i'm feeling those type of ways you know what i mean because we're human regardless of you know the label that we're signed on we're humans first 
You know what I mean? And so I had to adjust to that. Well, and it's interesting. You know, TDE is like, uh, it's a family. And like family, um, there are issues. And they're not, uh, as opposed to some places, they're not completely private about it. I mean, everyone's had, not everybody, several people, SZA, um, Solo, people have had their moments of voicing their frustration and being like, nah, I'm I'm ready. And it's, it's almost one of the hard things about having a, a label that's so stacked with talent. And to the point you were making about meaning something to people. Like, yo, TDE is so stacked with people who can rap really well and uniquely that sometimes, like, I, I'll, I'll hear about a new artist and, yeah, you have a moment of like, all right, I know they're going to be great. But what is that... Does that draw me in to listen? Like, is that enough to just know that they're a great rapper? And what do you do to show people, especially when you're real? Because they also sign people who are all authentic, deeply care about the craft. So what do you, what do, you do to sort of find that, that, that sticky point when you're not about, you know, be, you're not flossing money on Instagram and doing some of the things that are like the tropes that artists sometimes fall into? Um... And that is the challenge, you know what I mean? It's not It's not about just the music anymore, unfortunately. You know what I mean? It's not about the talent anymore, unfortunately. Um, and you have to try to find ways to win in an oversaturated, gimmicky um, industry on a label that doesn't use gimmicks. So it's almost like, you know, you're, you're throwing me into an arena in a gunfight with a knife Everybody else uses guns, but I can't use a gun because that's not the culture over here. Right, right. You got to be able to fight through that and you have to be able to stay patient and believe in the process as far as know that, you know, top in the label knows what they're doing and and they're going to find a way to be able to put you at the forefront. But it's also about being patient because, you know, we like to build an organic fan base before like, you know, Top can make a phone call tomorrow and give me a record with one of the biggest artists in the world if he wanted to, you know what I mean? But at the same time, that record would be bigger than I am. So his big thing is, you know, you need to establish a core fan base first. You need to be able to establish your core following. That way, when you do explode, you have that foundation, you know what I mean? Because a lot of these artists, they don't have a foundation when they explode and they're they're known as their record and not the artists. Like we'd be like, oh, that's the guy that made whatever the record may be, you know what I mean? So, um, but it's definitely a process, you know what I mean? And it's, it's something that you gotta stay patient with and believe in um, and just kind of rely on the people around you to stay grounded because it's not easy at all. Is that, is, that must be one of the frustrations of COVID uh, beyond all the, the sort of obvious stuff is that for you, you're in the spot where really building fan base, part of it is going out on the road with other acts who are bigger than you and, and gaining audience. Um, how much has this sort of messed up those plans and, and what do you do um, considering we don't know what the end of this looks like? Yeah, no, 100%. Um, you know, definitely threw a wrench in things. I had at least four tours lined up this year. You know what I mean? One of them would have been my own. And even this project, like it sucks from an artist standpoint because I made a lot of these songs with performing in mind. That's something that Dot taught me. It's like, don't only think about the song, think about the video, think about, um, you know, performing, think about all that while you're actually creating the song. So I, I took that into account making this project. And then it's like, you know, you get COVID and, and it's not necessarily, you know what I mean, the ideal situation for that. So it's definitely different. Um, I always live by, you know, the, the mindset of control what you can control. And so I look at it like, you know, everybody else is going through the same thing. I have to find ways to stay 
relevant and to still succeed, you know what I mean, in COVID. So I try to think about, you know, ways to be able to do that and, and you know, step into the forefront on that. Um, but I told Tom, I was like, you know, we can't wait until this is over to drop. We have to drop because who knows when we're going to be able to perform anyway. And I'm a new artist, you know what I mean? So we got to get some new music out regardless. Was that an uphill battle? Or did did he was he quick to agree? Um, he was quick to agree in the beginning um, that you know we, we well no he wasn't quick to agree in the beginning. He felt like we should wait, but then as time just kind of went on and went on, and then you know we got more and more reports you know from when concerts were coming back or whatever the case may be. Um, from an artist standpoint, I just told him like you know I don't even know if I'm gonna want to perform all these records if we hold on to them for another year. You know what I mean? So it's like it's a growing standpoint too. Uh, so he definitely started to agree maybe around like month three of COVID. He was like, okay, we need to start making plans to be able to drop. Um, what do you feel like is, uh, are people in, in your area, in, in LA in general, do you feel that people are uh, taking COVID super seriously? Um, how seriously do you take it? How much does it affect your life day to day? It's kind of being here in the city, um, it's obviously a different experience, A, from how bad it was for us early on, and B, being so close to people, like not having, you know, living in apartments and whatnot. So what's what's that experience and viewpoint been like for you out in Southern California? Yeah, I feel like everybody kind of did the same thing. Uh, we all kind of took it super, super serious. And then when people noticed it wasn't going away, people tried to return back to as much of their normal life as they could. Uh, I'm still taking it serious because I got, you know, I mean, I got my parents in my life and they're a little bit older. So for me, you know what I mean? I still, you know, wear the mask and, and take the precautions and whatnot. Um, but I'd be lying to you if I said that everybody in LA was taking it super, super serious. But at first they were, I can honestly say that like LA, um, I would probably say one of the big cities that did a really good job at like, you know, we're shutting everything down. Absolutely. Yeah, and people included and whatnot. And I know you can attest to that because it hit New York really, really hard. Um, and I have friends out there and they told me like the streets were just empty, you know what I mean, for a long time. Um, but I just think, you know, it's ultimately one of them things that it's just the country. It's like we could have been past this if we just weren't so self-absorbed and, and caught up in what we want to do and money-wise. Like we could have been past this, you know what I mean? I think it was Italy that had it even worse than us. And in three, three and a half, four months, it was over. They, they, they were disciplined enough to and ca and cared enough about other people enough to go through the work and yeah now they're straight and we're sitting here still basically stuck you know going through the same thing and it started in march i'm like you know april may june we would have we would have been done by summer everybody's complaining that their summer was gone it's like we would have had an entire summer if we cared enough about each other to just shut up and stay in the house and then and then if people could have shut up at least by the end of summer you could be thinking, well, we'll be maybe we could be good by Thanksgiving, and instead we're going to be thinking about, well, maybe we'll be good by spring. Exactly, no, a thousand percent, a thousand percent, yeah. But you know, that's America, though. You know what I mean? Like, there's pros and cons to everything. Um, the pro is that it's so free over here. <laughs> you know what I mean? The con is that it's so free over here, and everybody can do what they want to do and have an opinion. And it's hard to, you know, America's the type of place that if we would have put everybody on lockdown, where you just can't leave. It would have been like a rebellion or something. Oh yeah, yeah. no, that, that wasn't that. We don't have the option. It's a place. It's a time when our freedom would have bit us. Was biting us in the ass, basically. Exactly. No, one hundred percent. Um, do you do you like being around in this era, or do you feel that you would have been better suited? Are you one of those people, one of those artists who's like, man, I should have been out in like '96, or do you feel like this is the the time for you? Nah, I feel like this is the time for me. Um, just because like I like the music. Um, in this era, me personally, better than. Uh, the music um, in the 90s. Wow. 
Yeah, and I think I'd be one of the few, few like lyricists, quote unquote, to say that. Um, but um, there was, and it's, it's only because of the amount of artists, if that makes sense. Like in the 90s, it was like, like there were like a handful of artists and if they're not dropping, then it's like, that's it. You know what I mean? And for me, I have so many favorite artists and, and I have the access to be able to go listen to, you know what I mean, people that I wouldn't have the access to back in the day unless they were on the radio, you know what I mean? And so for me, it's more about that as far as from a fan standpoint, um, you know, there's local artists that are some of my favorite rappers and I wouldn't have even heard of them if we didn't have the access that we do, you know what I mean, to technology and whatnot. That's a, it's a great point. And there may be better music now available than ever before. It's just, again, that the, 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 the barrier of entry is so much lower that there's so much of it. But if you look for it... Yeah, if you look for it, you can find some really, really dope people. You know what I mean? Like now, from a selfish standpoint, as far as my career, I definitely think I would have been bigger if I was in the 90s. Um, but, you know, for me... It's not it's not all about that. Like it's just about the music and how it impacts people. Like that's that's honestly how I feel. Like um I had a conversation with a, a friend's manager the other day. We were going through like clearing verses and whatnot. And uh we just started talking about the industry and I was like, you know, I never wanted to be the biggest artist in the world. I just wanted to be able to have my music at a platform that it can impact people and I can make um, you know, I can make people feel good and changes in people's lives. And if I do end up being one of the bigger bigger artists, and that's great, you know what I mean? But um, being able to just do what you love every day. I'm sure you can attest to it. Doing what you love every day and people listening, you know what I mean? That's that's something that's priceless in itself. 100%. Um, New Beginnings is the album. The man's name is Reason. It's been great getting to know you, bro. Um, thank you for coming on, and, and God willing, things return to normal one day. And, uh, and, you know, Joe Biden is president, and you'll stop by the station. I'll see you in person. Yeah, we can see. We got this conversation in person. Appreciate you, bro. Look forward to it, man. Cheers. Always. Throwback next. It's real late.